Hey, and welcome to the Rashawn Franklin podcast. Uh, this is episode six of uh, season two. Uh, I'm Rashawn Franklin, the host. And today we have a special guest, uh, Brandon Robinson, uh, BR, B-Rob NFL on Twitter. Uh, Brandon, how you doing today, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, you're a Chicago Bears uh, favorite a fan favorite Twitter follow because I don't know how you got into my my timeline but uh, I think it was because of the player props and then so I started to follow you um, and you know I've been following you ever since you can tell when somebody really knows the game of football um, and I really appreciate that uh, when I'm when I'm reading your, your tweets and stuff like that so uh, we could just give a background of, of who you are um, how you got into the game and um, you know just just what you're doing nowadays. Thanks, man. Uh, so I've been I've been around the game of football since probably five or six. Uh, played all through high school. Um, in college, I walked on at Western. Um, my coach got coach got fired, and that's when uh, PJ Fleck got brought on. And okay. if you know anything about college football, like walk ons don't stay when new coaches get hired. Uh, so I transferred out to uh, Adrian College, is a D three in Michigan. Played there for a couple of years, uh, then got into coaching. Um, DC'd at uh, a couple of different high schools in Michigan. Nice. Also coached arena football. Uh, it's called the Bloomington Edge. It's in Illinois. Uh, right now, I'm interviewing for a couple of head coaching jobs in Michigan as well. Nice. Uh, and then looking at a couple smaller, smaller time gigs as far, as far as college goes. So we'll see where I end up in the fall. Absolutely, man. Well, good luck with those. Um, and I uh, wish you nothing but the best. Are you from Chicago, the Chicago area? No, no. I'm so, so I'm from uh, Southwest Michigan and okay. it's really weird that like that part of Michigan is like, it's, I don't know, like that whole area kind of follows Chicago. There's a lot of people from Chicago in the area. So like you'll meet a lot of people down there that are Bears fans, Cubs fans, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, uh, yeah, it just, just makes sense. Uh, we have a lot of Bears fans that's from Indiana because, you know, it's, that's close and uh, right. it makes sense. Yeah, so. Uh, but, yeah, so I wanted to talk to you about uh, – you went down to, to Mobile this past mm -hmm. week for the Senior Bowl, right? Right. Was, that, uh, was this your first time, and how was that experience? Right, yeah, it, it actually was my first time that I've been able to make it down. I've been trying to make it down the past couple of years, um, but this is the first year that I, I've been able to make it down there. So that was a pretty, pretty cool experience just being around everybody that just loves the game of football. And it, it's weird meeting a lot of people that you, you know, like on Twitter and whatnot, like, cause it's just, it's just like kind of like a meeting event. Everybody all meets at one spot and there's a lot of other different events, uh, that everybody goes to that, I don't know, kind of connects everybody. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird meeting people that you know from Twitter for the first time. I don't know. It's like you know them, but you don't really know them. Um, right. Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, yeah, I've had that happen uh, a couple of times. I've, I've gone to events and covered events, and um, yeah, that's that's very weird. Um, so I don't want to. I want to get into your takeaways from the overall um, uh, event. But first, let's just talk about the quarterbacks, man. Um, mm -hmm. You had a chance to look at you know, Kenny Pickett, I think Des Desmond Ritter was there. Um, obviously M Malik Willis, uh, Sam Howell, um, uh, Carson Strong, mm -hmm. and then the kid from WKU who's thrown 62 touchdowns. 
Right, uh, Bailey Zappi. Zappi, yeah. Um, and those are the, those are the pretty much the guys who are in contention as you know in people's big board besides um, Matt Corral, yeah. Matt 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 Corral, yes. Yeah. So th- those are the, those are the pretty much the QBs. It's a weird QB year. Um, it is. It really is. These guys, I, I take I took a look at, look at all of them, and they all have not glaring holes, but you, you can see why they're, they're not going in the top 10, most of them. Right. Uh, and, and we'll probably get some guys that'll, that'll go in the top 10. That's just how this thing shakes out usually. Uh, but what was your overall, let's start with Malik Willis, because he seems like the, the most complete prospect of, of them all. What was your, your takeaway from watching him? I'm glad, I'm glad you brought him up first because uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm so enamored by Malik Willis. Like I, I, I started looking at his stuff this offseason just because I've heard about the buzz and I came away just completely like blown away by his film, especially from last year. Like he has all the arm talent in the world. Like his it like it can't be overstated as far as what he offers in the run game. Like he's a completely different runner than we've ever had in the NFL. Like Lamar, Lamar does like obviously he's the most outstanding runner in NFL history, but as far as like just a oh, different oh, we go, run oh, style. Oh, 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 Mike, Mike Vick. I, I don't know. I would give, I would give Lamar Jackson the edge there. Like I, I love Mike. Really? He's, he's, he is right up there, but as far like, it's just because like Mike Vick's game was never heightened as much as it should have. Like as mm-hmm. far as like the run game goes, like, pure design runs like yeah. Mike didn't really have that like mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't really calling those as much like with with Lamar like that he has that fully at his disposal absolutely yeah Greg Roman helps with that uh and puts him in a position to do that but go ahead right 100 so I, I I think if Malik Willis ends up in a spot where he's with an offense coordinator head coach that's able to heighten his abilities like the sky's the limit. Honestly, he he reminds me a lot of Josh Allen when Josh Allen was coming out. Like, I know a lot of people see the finished product mm-hmm. of Josh Allen and think, like, oh, it's crazy to comp somebody to Josh Allen. But if you remember him coming out, like, he had all the detractors in the world. In like, the world. Yeah, people, people were giving him, like, fifth-round grade, fourth-round grade, like, really late grades because – he struggled with inaccuracy. He struggled with processing. He was kind of all over the world. Mm-hmm. But like when you talk about arm strength, when you talk about running ability, like those are some of the things that just remind me so much of each other. There's this innate trait that Josh Allen just has when he has the ball in his hands like this. I, I always call it like a YOLO, this YOLO mm-hmm. ability where he, yeah, he's just yeah. out there making plays. And there are very few quarterbacks in the NFL that have that. And I think Malik Willis also has that trait. You saw it a little bit um, in the Senior Bowl game where he was mm. he was scrambling around there a little bit. Yeah. So, why do you think he's not being viewed as a top ten quarterback? And it's it seems like looking at a lot of people's mock drafts that he's you know barely scratching the surface of, of getting drafted in the in the first round. I know it's, it's the whole thing about black quarterbacks and Lamar went thirty second in that draft. Uh, you know, it was a pretty stacked quarterback draft as we look, we looked at it in the present and looking, looking back though, it wasn't, you know, he should have went a lot higher than he did, but uh, what, wh- why do you think, well, for me, I think it's sort of his mechanics. They kind of bother me when I watch him. 
mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. Uh, it's it's kind of his his delivery is kind of quirky, um, and but I, I do like his arm talent. I do like his accuracy. I do like his 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 balance in the in the pocket. I like a lot. He has a lot, and his running ability, like you said, he has a lot to like. But why do you think uh, coming away after watching him in person, why do you think he's not going top ten? I, I really like that you asked that uh, because that's I think that's so important to talk about because I I feel like with quarterbacks specifically, it's mm. like there is a main reason why quarterbacks like him are don't don't necessarily go as high as they should, and that's just because when people are evaluating quarterbacks for whatever reason, they want like a finished product. Mm-hmm. They want a guy that's like ready made, like the most pro ready quarterback, which is weird to me because like most rookie quarterbacks just aren't that great. So right. like, there's nothing wrong with not being a finished product. Like what you want out of a quarterback is like, you want upside. You want, mm-hmm. you want that ability, that guy that's, going to win you games right not a quarterback that you're going to win with a quarterback that you're going to win because of and Mm -hmm. a lot of quarterback a lot of people talk about these quarterbacks and they'll talk about the floor like especially with Kenny Pickett they'll talk about the floor but if we're being honest with ourselves and we're talking about floor like okay with Kenny Pickett for instance his floor is a backup quarterback right like I'm not like I'm not banking on a floor of a backup quarterback, if you're talking about a first round guy, and that doesn't mean I, that I wouldn't take Kenny Pickett in the first round. It's just, I'm not banking on the floor mm-hmm. of a quarterback that has like, that has backup ability as, as being the floor. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Malik Willis has a lower floor than that, but that's not what I'm grading a quarterback on. I'm, I'm grading a quarterback on what I am projecting him to be, not what he could end up being worst case scenario what I am projecting him to be. And that's all of what evaluating is. You're projecting. You're not basing it off of who the quarterback is now. You're basing it on who the quarterback is going to be. Exactly. Yeah, I think GMs are always in a hurry because they made some bad decisions and Mm -hmm. their roster isn't filling out the way they want it to fill out. So now they need a quarterback to, they're drafting a a quarterback. They need him to come in and actually win win them games throughout the season to sort of make up for their mistakes. Um, and I see that a lot. A lot of these GMs are very poor at, at evaluating talent. I'm not sure if it's the entire uh, structure, to, uh, you know, about the scouting departments, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of the times it's, it's not that great. So uh, with Malik, um, do you have a comp for him after watching him at all? So, so my comp would be Josh Allen. Um, oh, you did say that. My bad. You yeah, did say yeah, that. Yeah. Josh Allen, yeah. Josh Allen. Um I don't know if I, I saw Josh Allen watching him. Um, I do think that he's going to be uh, a really good QB. Uh, and I, I wish he would get with a, a, a offensive coordinator, sort of like Kyle Shanahan, uh, just like a run paving offense that would be able to use his strengths uh, running the football as well uh, as throwing the football. I think that would be a great marriage for them with him. But I mean, obviously they have uh, Trey Lance and they're, they're rolling with him uh, going, going forward. You talked about Kenny Pickett and his floor. I think his floor is very low. Like when I watched him, he had, what did I write down? Uh, he, he doesn't have great vision. Um, he hold, holds the ball too long. And this this just, a, just wasn't at the senior ball practices. These were some of the games I watched. I watched every throw. Uh, what, what, I don't want to color your, your, uh, your uh, sort of evaluation, but what did you think of, of him as you watched him in person? 
So I was, I was impressed as far as arm strength, just coming away from the games, just because watching the game, I, I felt like his arm strength didn't really show in mm-hmm. practice, especially the first one, you could really see the ball jumping out of his hand compared to what I viewed on tape. But overall, I, I was pretty disappointed. Uh, the second day of practice, it was pretty much a downpour. You, you heard about him taking off his left glove. He took that off, but the, here's the thing, right? He took off his left glove, which obviously isn't his, his throwing arm. It's not his left, it's his right. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't take off his right glove, right? What do we, what do we know about the rain? You can't, you can't wear a glove. Mm-hmm. And he completely came unraveled. And I don't, I don't know why the mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about that. But it like, I don't know how you couldn't come away from that practice completely terrified of, of what you're going to get. Like, there is no way that you could be an East Coast team or even Midwest that's not in a dome and be looking at drafting a guy like that. Like, the, the big games late in the season and the playoffs, like, those games are outdoors. Like, yeah, looking at the, the way he played, like, the troubles he had with snaps because, because of that glove and because of him having tiny hands. And it's, it's funny because, like, they, they didn't put the measurements of his hands, like, on the senior ball. I don't know if you saw that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, there was a blank. But, like, his hands were actually measured. Like, he came oh, in wow. with eight and a quarter inch hands. Wow. Right? Eight and a quarter inch. There has never been a quarterback ever in the NFL measured with eight and a quarter inch hands. Wow. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's that's part of it with him. It, maybe it's the small hands thing, but just watching him as, as, a, as a quarterback and evaluating him, I just came away thinking, like, this is a second day, third day guy. And to see him in mock drafts in the in the in the first uh, first round is it's just perplexing to me. So um, he seems like the type of guy that's going to get a GM fired for sure, uh, <laughs> taking him uh, earlier than he should be. So uh, we'll see where he lands. Um, if, if he keeps going this way and, and goes to the combine and uh, doesn't perform as well, I think he, he could see his stock drop a little bit though uh, going forward. Uh, let's talk. I want to uh, let's go with Sam Howe. I love Sam Howe. Um, I think that he is, he could end up being the best quarterback out of this draft. Um, I just like the way he play, plays the game. Uh, you know, watching him versus Notre Dame this past year, um, he just made a lot of a lot of throws that I could see him making at the next level. Uh, and I, re- I really think that um, he could be the most, not only NFL ready quarterback, but the, he could end up being the best one out of this draft. But what did you see from him? Uh, ball velocity it like mm-hmm. as far as throwing power that's what really stood out to me like besides Malik Willis I thought he had the best velocity on his ball um, which also translated to to deep ball accuracy you mm-hmm. don't you don't necessarily see that in a lot of quarterbacks that can throw the ball hard like a lot of times they won't have the touch on their deep passes but that's not the case with him at all like he has the power but he also has the touch on his deep ball I think that's something that's going to be very interesting to see who he's paired with. Mm-hmm. I know the uh, the Washington now Commanders. Commanders. Uh, yeah, the Commanders. <laughs> that's my first time even saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but they would they would be a very very interesting team just because mm-hmm. they obviously have Scary Terry. They have the guy from last year. I mean, Denami was it Denami Brown? Is that how you pronounce his first name? The mm-hmm. receiver they drafted from North Carolina last year. 
I think that would be a very, very interesting spot for him. Maybe not at pick 11, but maybe in the second round. It, it, like, it's very interesting to see where these quarterbacks go because it's always like, it's always like the quarterbacks are getting pushed up, but like how many of these teams are really willing to take these guys in the mid rounds? Like, right. like in the, and necessarily in the Mac, Mac Jones range, because besides him, like, you don't necessarily see a lot of those guys go in that range. It's either right. top of the first round or second round and later. Like mm-hmm. there's not many quarterbacks that are drafted in like that Lamar Jackson range. He's, he's yeah. a guy I'm very interested to see where he goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, love Sam Howe. I think he would have went pretty high last year if he would have came out. Uh, he definitely had a better junior year than he had a senior year. Uh, but I've always liked him. I've always liked how he carried himself, his swagger. Um, and that's part, that's a lot of playing the QB position, man. It's like, mm-hmm. you got to have that swag, making people believe what you're saying in the huddle. And then people will, uh, uh, will run harder for you, catch catch uh, balls when they can't, you know, they, they just play harder for you when uh, you have that type of swagger. And then, so Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, uh, I like a lot. I think he'll uh, be okay. Uh, he, uh, he seems like he has a maybe mid-tier ceiling, uh, a fifth, top 15 ceiling uh, at the next level. Uh, what, what worries me with him is sort of his anticipation uh, throws. He doesn't anticipate very well. And then the batted balls. Like when I watched him against Alabama and Notre Dame, uh, one was a loss, one was a win on the road. He had maybe like, seven eight batted balls in the in the snaps that i watched and he's like six four like i don't i don't know what what that is um but he, he definitely has to clean that up going forward but what'd you think of him um at the senior ball it's funny you mentioned the batted balls because i mean i feel like that's something that you see at a quarterbacks that are tall but that lack that anticipation because mm. you you see, he's a guy that processes well but doesn't necessarily anticipate routes coming open so he'll be he'll be able to read the defense and he'll watch the receiver come open but that's the thing about being six four and watching as the routes come open like those d linemen are also seeing you watch the receivers come open so then they can get their hands up and bat down the ball so i think that's that'll be an issue with him i think he's a he's a very very interesting guy because as i said he processes well he's very athletic He's tall. Like he's, he seems like a guy that, that has his head on. Right. Um, but he's another guy that it's just, are you going to, are you going to sell everything on him? Right. Because like, you're talking about the first round and it's for whatever reason, like the, the, the hit rate for first round guys is 50%, right. Mm-hmm. Not, not that high, but you draft a quarterback <laughs> in the first round and it's it's like you're building your whole team around just that guy. Absolutely. So I I think it's he he has to end up in the right spot with a team that's willing to have patience because you see so often some of these teams like they'll just throw their guy out into the fire, and if it doesn't work out, they just like completely lose faith and and don't really give these guys a full opportunity. And sometimes you guys see you see some of these guys that just end up never having a full opportunity. And so I, I think that's one of the, the things that's very, very important with him. Like that's, that's something that's not talked about enough for whatever reason. It's uh, like, you got to get out, you got to get him out there as soon as possible, but like to have, you have to build that confidence with him and mm-hmm. within yourself as a coach to play him at the NFL level in order to like, 
be able to build on it long term. You can't just throw them out there to the fire. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, and I think with Desmond Ritter, um, he wasn't highly recruited. I think he was like a one star. He, he's from Louisville. Um, and it's just, it could just be a matter of him needing more time to, to, to learn the, the quarterback position. I mean, that, that could just be it. Like you said, he had, a, he has a great head on his shoulders. You can tell by just his interviews, his presence mm-hmm. that he wants to be great and he has the capability to be great. Um, and great in the sense of, I don't know where his ceiling is. I said, I, I thought it would be like top 15 quarterback, but he could, I think he could be a legitimate starter in, in the NFL. That's, that's the type of vibe I get from him. Um, so yeah, I'm interested, interested to see where he goes. Uh, I would love to see him, you know, behind a, a like a kind of an older quarterback, maybe, I don't know, maybe behind Tannehill or something like that, or um, get, just get some time to, um, you know, really just learn the, the QB position at the NFL level. Uh, and I think he, you know, might have a good career. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, is it Zappy? Zappy? I, I believe right? that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Zappy. <laughs> Zappy. And then Carson, Carson Strong real quick. What, what are your takeaways from those two? Um, I'll start with Carson Strong just because he's he's one of the guys that is uh, projected a little bit higher. I know he has a lot of knee concerns, which is very interesting to me just because like with quarterbacks, you're not you're not really thinking necessarily about an injury history just because these guys based on the rules just don't really get hurt that much. But he has he has a lot of knee concerns. It'll be interesting to see what the takeaway is after the combine, after they get MRIs on his knee and see how, how is this car- cartilage? Like this, it, does he have the degenerative knee? Like, mm-hmm. is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to play long-term? Um, but with him, like he, he has, he has very good arm strength. I know a lot of people say he has the, the strongest arm in the draft, which is which interesting to me. Cause I, I just don't see him having a stronger arm than Malik Willis, but, Regardless, he has a very, very strong arm in his own right. His, besides Malik Willis, his arm really stood out through the rain in day two, which is which I feel like is very, very important. Like it was, it was you can't necessarily see it on TV, and I, I've always thought that was something that's so interesting in football. You can't really tell how yeah. hard it's raining and how how hard the wind is blowing, but yeah. it was it was raining hard day two. And then also like the wind, the wind was blowing sideways. So it was, it was very, very hard for these quarterbacks. And he, he showed all the confidence in the world in his arm to push the ball downfield, regardless of how hard it was, it was raining. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. Um, and, 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 and Zappy real quick. What, how'd you say? Uh, he really stood out, but in a bad way. Um, he just he just didn't look like an NFL guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of smaller, really, really lacked arm strength, which is tough because it it was a weird year for the senior bowl because it, besides Kenny Pickett, all of the guys had have pretty strong arms. So yeah. I, I thought it I thought his arm strength really lacked, his processing really lacked. He just he struggled in a lot of areas. I'll I'll be I'll be surprised if he, if he goes anywhere before like round five, like he's going to be a very, very late round pick if Mm -hmm. he doesn't go undrafted. Yeah. That could probably be the case for him. Um, And then any other guys that you uh, really, really like that? I I know it was a lot of buzz around Travis Jones, um, who I'm not sure what position he plays. Uh, He seems like kind of a tweener uh, to me. Uh, Maybe, maybe a three tech. 
but he looked like he looked like he played nose, uh, five tech. Um, he's a, he's a little tall for three tech. I think he's like six five, whatever. But he he blew the he blew the the practices up. What 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 you see from him, and then any other guys that you thought played really really well? So or, uh, he was. He wasn't a guy that stood out consistently, but when he did stand out, you like he was he seems like a very, very explosive athlete. And I think being being a taller guy isn't necessarily a uh, a bad thing in this year's and moving into this next era of defensive football because um one thing that I would like to mention is like Vic Fangio, like his tree is really taking over the NFL. Like mm-hmm. it, like it's, it's borderline, like close to the Shanahan tree, just on the defensive side of the ball. Like they're ta- like, they're, they're probably covering like 10 and 12 teams right now. So a lot of, a lot of that tree is going to be a three, four base team. And mm-hmm. with, with that, you're going to get a lot of five techs, which you're going to need a taller, longer guy. And that's, right. that's what Vic Fangio really likes in defensive linemen. He likes, he likes the bigger, taller, longer guys on the defensive line. So I think he's the guy that could fit in uh, very well on a team like the Chargers. Like mm-hmm. they need all the defensive line help in the world. So I, I think that's that would be an interesting spot for him. For me, I thought there were quite a few wide receivers that stood out. I know okay. this was supposed to be a weaker class. And I think that has to do a lot with uh, some of the schools these guys went went to. Christian Watson was a lot of, was a guy that stood out to just about everybody at, that was in Mobile. 6'4, 215, long. He just he's one of those guys that just seems to like get it. Like I'm not one of those guys that just watches a guy's practice habits, but when a guy just carries himself the right way, it's mm-hmm. something that really, really sticks out. And when you got an event like the senior bowl, like all of these guys come ready to play, come ready to work. So if you're a guy that sticks out among that, that like that's very, very impressive. He's one of those guys where it just seems like no matter what, he's not going to fail. Like, like no matter what, he's going to be a guy in the NFL. Like his, his route running was good. His speed was good. I think he's, he's going to be a guy that's going to work in the, down the field, intermediate, even short a little bit. He's a guy that's going to block. He was he was blocking his butt off the entire week. Um, another guy that stood out was Jalen Tolbert. He goes to he was from South Alabama. He's he's one of those guys where it's just he like all all the athletic ability in the world. I'm really interested to see how he tested the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a very very good deep receiver. He has really good balance, really good body control. He's a guy that I would love to be teamed up with Justin Fields in Chicago just because he didn't really have a deep ball receiver, and I think he's he's one of those guys. Calvin Austin really stood out. He's a wide receiver from Memphis. He's a guy a lot of people were lower on just because he's 5'7". But when you talk about route running, man, this guy was, this guy was the absolute best route runner in wow. Mobile, and it was not close at all. Not close at all. A completely different tier of route runner than anybody else in Mobile. Like wow. putting every single DB in Mobile on skates every single play. Like wow. he was he was really not guarded at all. So it'll be really interesting to see where he goes in the draft. 
just because like a lot, a lot of teams aren't going to be willing to draft a five, seven receiver. But like at the end of the day, if you're looking for a receiver to get open at all levels of the field, whether that's yeah. deep, intermediate or short, he's going to be that guy. Yeah. When you're five, seven, first of all, it's tough for uh, DBs to check you just because they don't mm-hmm. see guys that's that size a lot, but you gotta be a great route runner uh, when you're not size two. And uh, if, if, if that's what you, if you thought he was the best route runner, he's definitely going to get drafted despite his size uh, because you can always use a guy like that in the slot uh, somewhere. So um, I'm glad you brought up the bears and Justin Fields. Let's just transition to them. Um, man, the bears, man, I, I'm a long suffering bears fan like you are. And uh, I just, I'm just so down on the organization as a whole um, just after these last couple of regimes that I just don't have any hope. I do like Ryan Poles. I do like Matt Eberfuss. I like the, the, um, the press conference and what they said. Uh, they, they seem like they both know the game really well. Uh, but again, that has to translate into wins uh, on the football field. So um, what did you think about the offseason so far uh, with those two hires and essentially Ryan Poles is the president of this organization. He's coming from uh, from Kansas City as a what was he director of player personnel? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he he and, held many many different hats while he was there, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he ended as a director of player personnel. Yeah, and so now he's the president, and it seems like Ian Cunningham is basically the de facto GM, even though he's, his title is the assistant GM uh, because of our hierarchy hierarchy and and how the Bears want to be structured. So, uh, just talk about what you think about Ryan Poles coming from uh, from Kansas City, what you think he brings, and, and then Eberflus, uh, what, what are the first impressions of him? So I, I like Ryan Poles a lot. I wasn't very optimistic as far as who they would land on, but everybody that I've talked to that, that knows Ryan Poles or had, has any interactions has only said good things about Ryan Poles. Like he, he, had, he had every single team interested in him. The, the Vikings were, were, were willing to even offer him a contract. So anytime you can steal a GM from someone within the division, that's always a good thing. Uh, one thing that I kept hearing when people talk about Ryan Poles is open-minded. And when, if you know, if you've been around football at all, like that does not seem to be the case when you're talking about the higher, higher up guys in football, like that, that's, that's not something that you see as a guy that's open-minded. So I that think needs that's to something that's very, very important. It, it really, it really does. That needs to honestly. change. Yeah, for sure. So I, yeah, I think that's really important. But the, the one thing that really even impressed me more was how he set himself up to succeed from the very get go. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, he put, he put his foot down and said like, I'm the only one interviewing the head coaches when he came in. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't, he didn't want, he didn't want Napoleon putting in his input. He didn't want ownership. He said, I am the only one that's going to be in the room with these guys when I'm interviewing. And that's, that, that is, that is a way to set the pace from the very, very get go. And that's, that's what you want to see because a lot of times you'll get ownership meddling in on some of these transactions that happen. And then the GM is the one that gets blamed for everything that's that, that happens. So I like, when Ryan Pace was the GM and this isn't like, I'm not feeling bad for Ryan Pace, but when, when he was the the Bears GM, he wanted Dan Quinn yeah. and they ended up with Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. So 
that's something that you see a lot. So with Ryan Poles being able to, to come in right away and get his guy and Matt Eberflus, I think that is very, very important. Absolutely. Now, Matt Eberflus, I wasn't as high as him coming in just because I wanted an offensive guy. Me too. Uh, Brian Dable was a guy that I, I absolutely adored. I thought he would have fit very, very well just with uh, Justin Fields' skill set. Me too. Um, I, I felt like that was a match made in heaven. But, Me too. Uh, I've been saying I that think, for a year, a whole year. Yeah. I wanted him. Yeah, so. But I think it makes a lot of sense him going to the Giants with his, with his friend uh, Shane as the, as the GM. It, it's, that, that makes all the sense in the world. And I, I think that's a very, very interesting spot that Malik Willis could actually end up just because he has that background of working with Josh Allen, getting the most out of him. I think he could end up getting the, the, the best out of uh, Malik Willis. But, yeah, Matt Eberflus, just a detail-oriented coach. Um, from what everybody says, he's a guy that everybody's going to like, but For sure. not many are going to love. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit troublesome. But at the end of the day, you get a coach that's detail-oriented, a guy that coaches really, really like, and you can see that by the defensive staff that they brought in. They pretty much grabbed every single person he wanted from the Colts defensive staff. Yeah, That's very, very good because you, you get to bring in that continuity, which is very, very good. Um, the rumors were swirling that they wanted a Shanahan guy. They got Luke Getze from the, from the Packers, which – Who I like. I mean, yes, yeah. The LaFleur system is – is a branch off of uh, the Shanahan tree, which is a good thing. And then Luke Getzey also has a background in Joe Moorhead system. So you're, you're going to get some spread concepts, some of the, the quarterback run game, which uh, will be able to heighten some of Justin Fields' abilities. I'll be very interested to see what he does with Justin Fields in that run game, just because he isn't necessary. He doesn't have that YOLO factor that yellow ability in his back pocket. He doesn't really, he doesn't really run like that. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how he gets the most out of Justin Fields in the run game because he does offer a lot. Like you don't, you don't get many quarterbacks that are in the high four threes, low four fours, and the mm-hmm. 40 yard. Yeah. The thing about what struck me, uh, and I tweeted this, is that uh during their press conference, Poles and, and Ibrafus, um, they didn't say just his name, I don't think once. Uh, and that is interesting to me. Um, I think that they like Justin. I don't know if they love him. So I think he's going to have to win them over. Um, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. I'm not sure. If, I mean, he's going to have to perform for them to be, for him to be their guy, I think. And so um, it'll be, this is a very interesting season for him. Um, I do think it's make or break even this first season fully the guy um, under center with this regime because I think they can move on uh, pretty quickly. So one thing I always take away from when these coaches and GMs are are talking to the press is like, what what would I do? Like, how would I set myself up to succeed? And a lot of people aren't going to necessarily like this, but what what they're doing is they're not necessarily tying themselves to Justin Fields, right? Right. Like Justin Fields looked really, really good as a rookie, but he's not a, a surefire thing. So 
if they came out and they said, oh, Justin Fields is this, Justin Fields is that, like, yeah, the fan base would love it, but they would have no way of backtracking if Justin Fields didn't work out. But yeah. now since they didn't do that, if Justin Fields doesn't work out, they can be like, yeah, that was somebody else's guy. I need to get my guy in here. Now, I don't think that will end up being the case, but I think for their long-term job, job, uh, I don't know how I would say it, but uh, job security, I think it was a good move on their part to not, not necessarily tie themselves to Justin Fields. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one more question, and then we can get off the Bears. 3-4 uh, to the 43. Um, a lot of our guys are multiple. They can can do a lot of things. And even with the Colts, they had a lot of multiple guys. Uh, Justin Houston did really well there. Um do you see any hiccups or guys that could be uh, let go with this this transition to the to the forty three back to the forty three? Um, not necessarily, unless it was just because they really wanted to. Like they they have they have a lot of big contracts on defense, but yes. the thing is, moving from a three four to a four three, like it's still a too high base coverage system. So a lot of the DBs are going to be able to transition exactly the same. Roquan is still going to be playing basically the same position. Obviously the Mike linebacker is going to be a very, very important position that they're going to have to fill Um, the two edge rushers. Like like, for them, it doesn't really change just because Robert Quinn has always been more comfortable with his hand in the dirt. Right. And now it'll be, his hand will be in the dirt. The entire year, Khalil Mack has had his hand in the dirt and been an all-pro, um, so that's not really a problem. It'll be in, very interesting to see what they do with him just because now he has a $30 million cap hit. Um, they could trade him and get some get some assets as far as, far as draft picks go, so mm-hmm. um, that, that is, that'll that be the big question in the offseason just because they got Travis Gibson. He's another young edge rusher. And then they, Matt Everflus has always been tied to uh, the Muhammad uh, edge rusher from the Colts, who is a free agent. So they mm-hmm. can bring him back for the low, have Travis Gibson on a lower contract. And then you got Robert Quinn, who's playing at a defensive player of the year level. Out of his mind. I don't, yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know where the hell that came from. He's, he was fucking balling. I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the issue with like these coaches and the coaches speak like, he was injured in training camp last year mm-hmm. and like no one wanted to make a big deal about it. Cause they were like, Oh, well it's, it's just training camp. But it's like the dude missed two weeks at a training camp because of back issues. And he's had back issues in the past. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he ended up getting like a back procedure during the off season, but uh, he looked very, very healthy, explosive. Uh, I know he was getting, getting put in the trade talks but i like at this point like when a guy's playing at that level and making it healthy there's he's like there's no way i could trade him unless like someone is is offering me everything in the world to get him um yeah, you, gotta, you, Mack, gotta see if, you gotta see if you yeah, can do it yeah. again another another year um, right 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 you i mean you 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 have to run that back and then like sure. it, it's, it's going to come to a point where someone is going to offer something for him so you can't go out seeking a trade for him. You got to wait till someone gets desperate. Someone wants to make a trade. Like, like the Rams are offering first round picks every single year. Like you yeah. might as well just wait 
until they're going to call because you know they're going to call at some point if, if they don't bring back Von Miller. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know the, the Chiefs actually have it out with Frank Clark. I think he has a, uh, a $26 million cap hit. Um, I know the dead cap is really, really, really low. So he's the guy that's going to be cut. Um, so they're going to need, they're going to need an address here. I think Khalil Mack's uh, base salary, which would be traded to the next team would only be $12 million. So that's, that's something that would work out perfectly for them, especially when you're talking about at the trade deadline, when they'd only be absorbing like 6 million. Yeah. Uh, I've always felt even, you know, after the last season and Khalil not playing those last however many weeks mm-hmm. uh, that he could, this could be his last uh, season in Chicago last year. It could be his last season. Uh, and then with, with, with GMs and uh, them taking over a roster, they always make that move that, you know, sort of put their stamp on, you know, this is my team now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to move forward. You know, I, I'm in control now. And that could be it. It could be a trade of Khalil Mack or just, just and it's just trying to get something for him. But I, I do feel comfortable with the edge rushers they have in the, in the stable and even, you know, being able to, to sign a couple guys. So uh, the, yeah. the tough the tough thing with Khalil Mack is I actually think that he he is one of those guys that's going to translate long term. Like he's going to be able to produce as long as he wants to play just because he's a guy that 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 wins with torque. He wins with power. And that those are some of the things that are last to go with edge rushers. So I think I think he's going to be one of those guys that, that could play till he's 35. Um, so it would be very, very disappointing to see him leave. But at the end of the day, like he's he wouldn't have a he would no longer have a guy that doesn't play quarterback with a 30 million dollar cap hit next year. So I think that's something that they could they could take advantage of, because at the end of the day, like you got to win games. This division's going to be wide open. Soon. It's wide open. Like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers might come back this year. Um, but even if he does, like he's going to be gone in a year or two. So you got to you got to build build a dynamo to take over this division. I feel good about polls being able to construct a team uh, uh, that'll put us in a position once Aaron's gone to take mm-hmm. over the division. I, I actually feel very comfortable with him being able to do that. So I, I guess I'm a little excited. So uh, yeah, yeah. And that's that's one of the one of the issues with with keeping Cleo Mack is that like like yeah like he's gonna produce but like if you could get assets this year gotta do it and be able to yeah bring in some young guys like because th- th- here's the thing this team is not ready to win in 2020 it, like it does not matter how well Justin Fields plays like they just they don't have enough assets to to build a Super Bowl winning team so like why would you try to win the Super Bowl if you just won't be if you don't have the assets to do so so yeah. it, it would be smarter to bring bring in more assets to build for the for the future yeah ryan uh damn uh, so many ryans Uh, ryan pace uh, ryan pace ryan pace ryan pace he he left the roster in shambles like this is the worst wide receiver core i think i and i've been a bears fan for 30 years this is the worst uh collection of talent i think we've ever had and that's saying something We've well, had some only, bad wide there's receiver. Only, there's only one wide receiver on the roster right now. It's Darnell yeah. Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, just one guy. But man, it's it. Man, that roster was. This was a terrible year to be a Bears mm-hmm. fan. 
Um, he just, just, just the moves he made and just the thing, he should have lost his job years ago, but I think that was, uh, he, I think he was kind of hamstrung in a, in, in a, in a couple, I'm not throwing him any, any bail at all. I think he was hamstrung in a lot of ways, uh, from the, from the get go, uh, that kind of colored his, his whole tenure with, with the bears, but it, it was time to move on. And, um, hopefully these guys can figure it out. Um, I'm gonna get you out of here on. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the Rams and and Von Miller and and Aaron Donald and uh, them having <laughs> they're going against this Cincinnati offensive line that has already almost got Joe Burrow killed. But this could be the day he actually like uh, you know they they're gonna get after this guy. Um, I think obviously I think Aaron Donald is one of the better players in the NFL. I think he actually is the best player in the NFL. Um, and they're at home. And the Super Bowl is 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 very close. So I think we're going to see one of those um, vintage Aaron Donald performances. Uh, Von Miller is still really good. He still got bend. He still got speed. He's still uh, hitting the edge. Uh, I think this is a lopsided matchup. Um, but so, what do you think about the Super Bowl? How do you feel about it? And what do you, you got? Any player props that you're looking at? So. Here's the thing, like it, it's it's like Joe Burrow deserves all the love he could possibly get. Like he Absolutely. had an outstanding year, especially coming up coming off an ACL mm-hmm. later in the season, coming back, having a fantastic year. Um, but here's the thing, like they like they are playing in the Super Bowl because of their defense, right? Like mm-hmm. their their offense did not show up against the Chiefs. Didn't didn't show up against the Titans. The Titans took yeah. took nine sacks. Like this is this is a bottom five offensive line. Like they they're they are going to need every like every possible ball to bounce their way to get this win. Like like they, this is a very very bad matchup for the offense. Uh, the the Rams live and die on on their too high, so they're not going to be able to throw the deep balls to Jamar Chase and T Higgins. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be, it'll be very, very, very tough for, for them to live um, through the, for, through Aaron Donald's havoc. Um, as far as defensively, they've been playing a lot of man coverage this postseason. Um, that'll be tough just because the Rams use a lot of condensed sets, a lot of play action. Um, they lost Larry, Larry Ogunjobi, and that didn't really hurt them when they played the chiefs just because the chiefs for whatever reason, just refused to run the ball, even though they brought in a bunch of offensive linemen during the off season that are great at run blocking. <laughs> exactly. And they just, I'm, I'm all for passing the ball, but if the Bengals are daring you to run the ball and you don't run the ball when you're up, you deserve to lose for sure. And they lost. So that's not something that you're going to run into against the Rams. They're fully willing to run the ball. Um, as far as player props go, I think the Rams will be successful running the ball. But here's the thing. They said that they wanted to get Sony Michelle more involved. Um, you got, I think Daryl Henderson is going to come back and play, um, which means a lot of less carries for Cam Akers. I, I think the, the, the Rams will be leading in this matchup. You saw when they were leading against the San Francisco, they didn't want to put the ball in Cam Akers hands again because he mm-hmm. fumbled the ball uh, mm-hmm. prior to that. So I'm looking at Cam Akers 
under 85 and a half rush plus receiving. He's not their receiving back on third downs. They bring in Sony Michelle. Um, so you're looking at potentially a scenario where you, you could end up with one or zero catches. Um, so you're, if you're giving me 82 and a half or 80, sorry, excuse me, 85 and a half total yards, that's something I could see. Uh, that sounds that like fall a gimme. Under. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and then also on FanDuel, I know they have, they had under 10. I locked in. It's pretty juicy, but here's the thing. Like in the Super Bowl, teams tend to be very, very conservative in the first quarter. For sure. Since 1998, it is gone. It is either, there's either been 10 points scored or under in every single game except for three. Wow. So, yes. Yeah, so I'll take under 10 in the first quarter. Uh, some of the other things that I'm looking at, I'm looking at T. Higgins, looking at his props. Um, because he, the thing is that Jamar Chase gets talked about a lot, but T. Higgins has been getting just as many targets For on sure. a game-by-game -game basis, mm -hmm. if not more. He has had more targets this postseason than Jamar Chase. So I'm looking at over five and a half for him. Rece uh, receptions at plus money. Um, one of the one of the other guys that I'm looking at is Tyler Boyd. Um, if uh, how do you how do you say the, the tight end's name for the Bengals? Uh, uh, Uzmazana Asuma. or uh, CJ uh, Uja? Ooh, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> but if he did, he had a uh, sprained MCL, um, so he would be coming back on really really short Ooh. notice. If yeah. he does, if he doesn't end up coming back, I'm gonna be looking at Tyler Boyd's uh, receptions just because with the Rams Uzama. playing so Uzama, Uzama, yes, <laughs> with the Rams playing so much too high, um, that's gonna leave the middle of the field open. So I think Tyler Boyd will be able to have a bigger game. So mm -hmm. I'll be looking at him if uh, C2 Uzama doesn't Uzama. end up playing. <laughs> uh, another thing that I'm looking at is Stafford to have no interceptions. Everybody wants to talk about Stafford having leading the league in interceptions, which is true. But if you're going to give me plus 130 in a game that they're likely to be leading, mm -hmm. I'll take that all day long. For sure. Wow. Man, you, you are a wizard with these. I can't <laughs> even lie. Because I, I, I'll watch you. I'll watch I'll see you tweet some out on a Sunday and then I'll go back and like most of them shits are right. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, like this guy's good at this. Um, and I, I didn't mean to shit on the Bengals. Like I really like this team as a whole. Uh, I think that they got to the Super Bowl a little earlier than expected. Uh, mm -hmm. The windows now open, but I think I, I, before they even got to the Super Bowl, I thought that they were going to win the Super Bowl within the next three to four years anyway. Um, so hopefully this doesn't, um, you know, knock their confidence down if they lose, uh, which it feels like they're gonna lose. Uh, but you know, I, I really like the 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 bones of this team. I think um who's the GM? I just had uh Duke Duke Tobin. He's he's done a great job with mm -hmm. putting this team together. Um and, and they, they look like they have, I mean, they just gotta add some more pieces to the defense, um, fix the offensive line. Please don't get this kid hurt again. <laughs> And, and then and then just go forward. They have a, they've got a lot of upside with this team. So uh, I'm excited about the game, um, you know. But but the Rams are at home, man. They're at home. I don't care mm -hmm. how the crowd looks. 
it's the it's the they're able to just sleep in their beds and come to the stadium. That's crazy. Right. right. <laughs> that's that's insane. Yeah. So uh, I just think they have too many advantages to lose this football game, and I think that they'll win. Right. So. I think that's a I think that's a very good point because like you're talking about the Super Bowl and, and like you're like you think about these players and, and not get me nervous. They're they're used to be playing in these big games, but I mean Jamar Chase is a rookie, Joe Burrow's a young guy, even though he's mm-hmm. he's played in big games before, he hasn't played in the biggest game of all. Oof. So like you got on the other side a team that's gonna be sleeping in their own bed coming to the stadium, like you you need all the comfort level that you can get. So I like I think that's that that'll be very, very important for them. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of guys on the Rams side of the football or Rams team who uh, you know, this is this is their chance to to solidify their resume. Uh, I mean, Aaron Donald, man. I mean, he we, we think of him as the best player for the past three, four years, five years, whatever. Um, everything he he just doesn't have a ring. That's that's the one thing. And that that's the thing that can separate. Uh, I, I kind of put him and JJ Watt in the same uh, boat in the, in the sense of these guys both had monster burst of years mm-hmm. um, as a defensive lineman. They, they're both multiple. They could do a lot of things and they're both were, ju- were just terrors at, the, at their peak and Aaron's still at his peak. But, um, you know, the, the thing to separate Aaron could be a Super Bowl championship. And I think that they, that that could come uh, on Sunday. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for him. So. Right, him. You got Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford. You got mm-hmm. Odell Beckham Jr. Everybody, LBJ. everybody wanted to tear down Odell Beckham, but mm-hmm. you like he has performed since he arrived in L.A. and it would be it'd be very very nice to see him ball out on Sunday. Uh, give me a score prediction. Uh, so the game total is forty eight and a half. Uh, I think the Rams are going to get all theirs. Um, I think the Bengals are going to struggle mightily on offense. Uh, right now, I would say probably 30 to 17. Okay. Somewhere in that going, range. I was going something similar. I'm going to say 34 19. I don't know why that just came to me. So, uh, yeah, man, should be fun. Dr. Dre at halftime with Eminem, Snoop. I'm excited yep, about yep, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, big time. Uh, it's cool. All right, Brandon, um, at B Rob NFL on Twitter. I really appreciate you doing this, man. Uh, huge fan of your stuff, like uh, like I said, and hopefully we we'll get you back on here. Right, appreciate you having me. Absolutely.